How about how about we go no no stories and we just jump right into the podcast? Guys, welcome into the Get Body Podcast. This is your host, Char Cross. Woo. And as always, joined by my two wonderful, lovely looking hosts, co-hosts. I have Dr. Luke. Ray. <laughs> Luke is currently cuddled up in three blankets. Um, my back hurts. His back hurts. And then the joyful jungle kitty himself, the feline, let him roar, David Dutton. That's me. Hello. Boom. And I'm super pumped. Like, I really am really, really excited because Emily Burbacher Here I am. is on the podcast. And did I say your last name right? No, no. 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 Oh, wow. wow. Starting out hot. Okay. How do we say your last I name? I don't correct people because I actually... Oh my gosh, what? It's my, it's, I married it, and they pronounce it Burbaker. I think oh. Burbaker. I think it should be Burbaker. Burbaker. But I have the owner issue with my own maiden name, which the Americans of Northeast Ohio pronounce it Sapkovich, and I think it should be Sapkovich, but, you know. So I, I'm not one to correct people, although if one of my children heard you say that, he, scre- he screams it across the room. It's Burbaker. Yeah, it's Burbaker. Oh, my I don't, I don't mind it. I'm I don't so mind it. sorry. Okay. No, I don't, I don't mind it. So, Burbaker. <laughs> Burbaker. Siri says Burbature. Yes, she does. <laughs> also incorrect. So that, that's actually what my kids hear the most at school is Burbature. Burbature, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can we back up for a second? Yeah. Sla- Slacovia? You're from... I'm wait, <laughs> what's your last name? <laughs> Sokovia. Your no, last name is Sokovia. Isn't it from Marvel? Is yeah. It? yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, uh, Slovak. Sapkovic. Sop- Slovakia. <laughs> okay, okay, hold on a second. So say the la- your main name to- again. Sapkovich. Sapkovich. Yeah. That is Sopkovich. sweet. Yeah. Are your parents yeah. like like authentic S- Slovakians? Um, my mother, as my dad would say, my mother is a mutt. She's from all over. Um, and then, but my dad is one hundred percent Slovakian. Oh. Um, born here. My grandparents were born here, but all of my great grandparents. To the best, um, at least the ones even that I found records of, they were born in in Eastern Europe and came over in their youth. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Are you? So, so I, I'm half. I'm half. I'm my half blood Slovakian. Yes. I know. Like, tell me, do you feel like you grew up around some of your relatives and you have like some Slovakian culture uh, like stuff? hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm completely illiterate. What do the Eastern. Slovakians do? Yeah. Tell me. Um... <laughs> They're humans, guys. They, they <laughs> cook and they um, try and feed their children and avoid, like, despair. I don't know. So I have a, fr- I have a friend. <laughs> That's very Eastern Europe. Oh, yes. I have a friend who she actually, she went to Czech Republic. I don't know if she went into Slovakia, but she, so she was visiting and she would say, she was like, the young people there are so attractive. But the elderly are just like, did you grow up in famine? And I'm like, they did. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's my my heritage. Lots of food. Lots, Lots of, food. of food. What type of like? Is there a staple? Oh, like- so that's all my favorite foods is halupki, um, cabbage rolls. Um, oh, pierogi. Um, what else do we make? There's one of my other Guamki. What's that? Guamki. Guamki. I don't know. Did you just make that up? No, it's a too long story. So my mom is um, Polish, I think. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of Polish overlap. Yeah, and like Belarusian. And so we make, they make, they, at one point in time, they decided for holidays they're going to make Wumpki, 
And, and I was the only one that's like, I'm not eating that. <laughs> Everyone's like, we love it. This is our heritage. And I'm like, I, I can't really say not mine. Cause it is, you know, like, yeah, yeah. that's the only Eastern dish that I know. Yeah. And collage. Col- I like, I can eat collage all day. What yeah. is that? The, like a, so just like, well, dessert breakfast, whenever you want to eat it, but like a roll, a nut roll, like a pastry with like nuts and brown sugar. Oh, that does sound incredible for breakfast or for dessert. Yeah, I'm yeah, exactly. It. Yeah. Okay. Uh, quick, quick note. What What's the difference between a dumpling and a pierogi? Do you know? Um, I don't know much of. I mean, because let's do dumplings always have fillings. I I think so. I guess like I guess the dumplings I have don't usually have a filling. A oh. pierogi is a rolled dough. And then with usually potato and onion and cheese. Well, it can be usually potato and then you can flavor it however you want. I feel like most dumplings have fillings, right? I don't eat dumplings. Really? So I don't know. I, most dumplings that I've had have had meat in them. Yeah. Yeah. But that's I also I eat, a filling I eat like though. Hungarian dumplings, which is just the dough. Whoa. But that's why. I guess, yeah, it's like Asian Asian. Cuisine. Now there are dumplings. Because there's dumplings, gyozas, pot stickers, yeah. pierogies. They're all the same thing. They kinda. are, yeah. And so cabbage rolls too, like halepi, like there's cabbage rolls all over the world. Yeah. Um, but there's the Slovak recipe is my favorite. So I have to like reset because I was I was telling I was actually talking talking to Shar, I think it was you, that there are some people that I'm like, oh man, I think why do I not know this person better? Or like, man, I really like cat, right? Is a great example of like, oh my gosh. I feel like we're best friends, but I don't know yep. you at all. And she doesn't feel like we're best friends, but I feel like hey, we're best <laughs> yeah. friends. But I don't know anything about her life. But there's really no reason I should know anything about yeah, her life. Yeah. But I feel like I see you mm-hmm. every morning and we talk and I'm like, yeah, no, totally. And then I was, I was And like, then she says, you've she been says, saying your yes, last name yeah, wrong. Yes, <laughs> I'm not saying my last name wrong. My my real last name is Burbaker. No, no, no. My my maiden last name, not real oh, last name. Soap soap Sopkovich. Soap. Oh no, Sopkovich, yeah. Sopkovich. Sop not soap. Sopkovich. Sop. Wow. Um so I guess from you grew up in Toledo with Three sisters. Yep. And what are their names? Any of their names? Uh, their government names: Rachel, Elizabeth, and Rosemary. As opposed to Rose, Liz, Rach. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I, I was saying Rose earlier, but I was like, it's Rosemary. Yeah. Rose. Government names. <laughs> What's your middle name, Emily? Uh, Emily Ann. Oh, okay. Yeah. With an E or no E? No E. No E. Yeah. And you had shared with us earlier that growing up, you're the oldest of all four. Yes, right. yeah. I've just realized how much information I've shared. People are like, and yeah, we were Emily and Sophie. We were early. doing dinners. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's, it's fine. It's I'm fine. trying to it's like funny. make sure my mind's not blown. But we were doing we were doing dinner and talking about you know growing up and the impact that having the sisters have had on you. And um, I don't know if there's any questions that you guys want to ask about her growing up. Well, I guess you talked a little bit about you being the the oldest and kind of taking care of your like your siblings because mm-hmm. um, your parents weren't like, we're pretty busy doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you describe that a little bit more for, for the people? Uh, yeah. Where to start? Um, so my mom has been a social worker in like, I wouldn't say inner city hospitals, but city hospitals. And then my dad was in, he did alcohol and drug rehab and now he inspects foster homes around the state. So very, public service oriented um 
making, you know, all the big bucks that a social worker would make in a city hospital. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was, yeah, just the six of us. I actually, my favorite story. I hope, I don't know. We'll see if my mother ever hears this because this is her favorite. <laughs> so I, <laughs> she loves it when we say, Rachel and I would say we grew up in a foster home because we, with our parents, we spent the first like few years of our lives in a foster home. My parents ran this foster home with, it was like a state facility. Oh, okay. So we lived in a foster home with high schoolers and we had a corner of the house that was ours. Um, so that like my early memories are just in this wild, large house with wild teenagers that my parents' car got stolen a few times and it was wild, but that's my parents loved it before. Like when I was younger, maybe like high school, early college, I'm like, well, yeah, I like spent a few years of my childhood in a foster home. And my parents are like, no, you didn't. Yeah. And then we moved to when they, when we realized they, we, they needed to get their children out of a literal foster home. Um, we moved to a small farm in a small town, um, Millbury, Ohio. So then I got to live. I grew up with horses and in running cornfields and railroad tracks on those cornfields. So I grew up with I did not grow up in a neighborhood like this. And we live now in a neighborhood like this. And so it is very it's wildly different than how I grew up. And I there's like that struggle because I loved how I grew up being independent with my sisters. Um, and I still had friends like we would we went, you know, I still spent like weekends going to see friends and everything. But but now I live in a neighborhood where kids come in and out of your house all day long and it's it's so different. Yeah. yeah. And people are always walking around upstairs. For <laughs> listeners, if you're ever wondering if we have routine earthquakes here, it's the fact that we're in the basement and people walk upstairs. In our studio, not the basement. Sorry, <laughs> we're in our studio. I just had to, that's a public service announcement. Yeah, you know? public service. Um, so do you, when did you move from the foster home to the, the I was ranch? In kindergarten or first grade. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why did your parents pick those professions? I don't know. I mean, like they have always been just, uh, I guess, service oriented. I know we talked about like them being oldest children as well. Um, God, it's like, how much do I want to expose of their lives? Like they had a lot of um, like my mom's parents separated in an ugly way when she was kids my my dad lost his dad in a really bad car accident in the 1950s um and so his growing up was not typical in the 1960s and i have to wonder if both of those scenarios for them influenced them joining you know yeah. they met in college and then went into the world of healthcare mental yeah. healthcare yeah. you kind of like kind of playing off of that, talking about how your parents' backgrounds influenced their, like, you know, what they went into later in life. But how do you think your background being oldest of four, taking care of your siblings, like, um, how do you think that influenced your development? Like, who you are now, how much of that is, like, tell us about how that's yeah. tied back into that. Like, powerfully independent or as a default I'm independent um because and it's weird to say because I don't want to 
shame my parents in any way. Like they were, they did absolutely everything they could um, to raise us well. And I think they did do a great job, but it was, I, you know, I had to make, make the house run as soon as I was old enough. Like I was in charge. Um, and that has carried through. Like I'm, I, even as a kid, I rarely uh, consciously like sought approval from them. It was like, I knew I just had a job to do. Like I didn't make dinner, but like my kid or my, my kids, my sisters, like trying to keep the the house picked up around them. So my mom could come home and make dinner or whatever. Um, and I, but I rarely ever did it because I was, I was like seeking approval or anything. I just did it cause it needed done. And that's how I still absolutely am. And like, even like how my husband and I are trying to, you know, navigate the world of our relationship now, like 15 years in of like, you know, out of like the excitement of not having kids around and then the excitement of having young kids. Well, now the kids are more independent. So who are we now as adults in a relationship? And my like fierce independence is like, coming back without the excuse of like having children to take care of all the time. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, did you, so where I, I like, I feel like there's some gaps of you like fill me in on you went to college. I went to college a lot. The, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> you, have as many research degrees team. you have three degrees. Yes. Our research team found that out. I did. <laughs> so I, I also like part of my surprise was as far as like not knowing you as well as I feel like I should is that I Googled you and I was like, oh my gosh, you got your undergrad in um, biology at Toledo. And well, yeah, it's in bi- biology, environmental science. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. got your master's at Ohio State mm-hmm. in ecology. Mm-hmm. And then wow. you went. You stayed at Ohio State for another master's in, oh my gosh, it was like administrative, like some something of that. Of, Public administration. Yes. Yeah. Boom. I should have written it down. Um, but you you got the, you know, your undergrad in very science-based things. You ran like Stone Lab up in Lake Erie forever. Um, you wrote a science paper about fish. Yeah. And and bass, right? That was like yeah. about the oxygenization of the water and how hot it is. I I'm telling you, it's all yeah. online. You read this paper? I read it. They wouldn't let me read the whole Best thing. Best of luck, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but terrible. anyways, <laughs> I'm just I'm hey, walls. That's on the pet peeve list. <laughs> yeah, so well, that's a good one. So I was curious because now you work at you work um managing managing artists. Yeah. Managing artists. Yeah. But your schooling and, and most of your background was in something completely different? Yeah. yeah how you get there? Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so fill in some of the gaps. Uh, okay, well, it's well, it, I'll try. This edges into a little bit of like what I was going to do for Get Learned, but that's okay. Oh, okay. But I don't have to get into the details of it. Yeah, yeah. I was mostly, a lot of people fish? get excited about... <laughs> Yeah, I think she is. I'm retired from aquatic ecology. I always tell people I'm retired. I'm retired from aquatic ecology. But it was a really fun phase of my life. And so I can, like, what the hell is aquatic ecology? Like, what is it to be a marine biologist? Nobody really knows. Outside of, like, watching photographers and, like, film, like, film of 
people just video, you know, taking recording video of things being awesome in the ocean. Like that's like Shark Week. Are you, are you gonna, Shark Week. Like that's guess, not aquatic. Ecology. Are you gonna guess learn on on ecology? That's what I think. Yeah. Ecology. ecology. Okay. So ecology. I'm so excited. I can't talk straight. What? Yeah, same. Do we do we do the get learned segment now? No, no, no. We, we can wait. wait. I can, okay, we wait. Yeah. I can okay, 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 okay. We just have like a little teaser for the audience. Yeah. I feel like and you. Apparently. I feel like yes. <laughs> I just I don't even. I'm so excited. Okay. Let's... I was excited too when I decided because I was like trying. I was debating. There's a few things. Mm-hmm. I was like, and I was like, no, that's the easiest thing for me to talk about. So let's like let's hear her story. Yeah, Luke, this Luke needs to tame. Tame, yeah. tame, yes, tame. Yeah. Let's hear this. Okay, so go to college. And I actually was pretty set on being pre-med and pretty quickly realized I don't like you. I actually, I took a genetics class. My genetics class, I loved. And that actually transitions into this research I initially get into. So loved that. But other than that, mostly meeting my peers, I was like, I don't think that this is the track for me. But I didn't know what else to do. I love science. And one day, I'm very seriously considering taking at least a term off. Like, why am I paying for college if I don't know what I want to do? And there was a flyer on the wall for this internship at an aquatic, the research center for UT on Lake Erie in fish genetics. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, I genetics was my best course. I loved it. And it's like, environmental, like it's marine biology. Like I'm going to apply for this. Somehow I got it. It was an NSF grant. Oh, yeah. And I had no idea what that meant. Yeah. (laughs) Some of us still don't know. Yeah. The National Science Foundation um, Fellowship is what it was. Big deal. It's a big deal. Um, And I I literally, until I got to grad school, I still didn't really know. I was like, yeah, it's like, they keep telling me it was an NSF thing. And I was like, (laughs) it's like, you got an NSF. So in, in research, it's a really big deal to get that. And I had no idea. Um, So like looking back on that phase of life, how grateful I am that those, like that advisor and everything saw that in me and, and I got the spot. So that was really fun. It actually that lab was, I guess, competitive would be the best way to put it. They wanted me to stay there for grad school. So it was an undergrad program, undergrad research. And I loved what I did. I actually studied fish populations, little round gobies are an invasive fish off of the Great Lakes. And they wanted, they were, we were tracking them and how they move through ballast through ships, ships on uptake water. And when they uptake water, they uptake everything in that water to help balance out. And then they go to another port and they release all that water. And this happens across the ocean. That's why there's invasive species. Part one of the many reasons there's invasive species everywhere is because of ship ballast. And now there's lots of regulations in place that help. You don't have to kill everything in your ballast before you can offload it. Um, But we would do genetic. We'd go up. I get to go with this team and we would sample fish and we bring them back to the lab and we take their DNA and we would track populations around ports. Um, And that information eventually goes to almost like shipping companies or like how can we better regulate shipping practices to prevent invasive species from traveling across the Great Lakes. So this is my undergrad. That's fascinating. Yeah, it was really fun. And is this at Stone Lab? No, this was at the Lake Erie Center. So this was UT based. Oh. Yeah, on the western side of Lake Erie. So then I get into grad school at OSU. Have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) Again, like people just keep trusting me. (laughs) 
so I get into the program at OSU and um, my, my now husband, we weren't even engaged yet, but he was, he, his Remind family. Remind us what this. program this is again. Oh, so for OSU yeah. it was uh, evolution, ecology and organismal biology. Okay. Yeah. And it was called the Aquatic Ecology Lab. That's what I got in with. So I end up, um, and this is going after funding. Like, what grad program can I get funding with that I'm going to research some fish? And so I end up getting into sport fish. I know very little. I know almost nothing about sport fishing. I've had to learn a little bit, but my favorite was doing, we'd go into the Ohio State Fair, you know, after with some experience, we go do tables and stuff at the Ohio State Fair for the Ohio Division of Wildlife. And people were like, hybrid striped bass, that was my fish. Hybrid striped bass, and they talk about lures. I had like 12 year olds talking to me about lures and sport fishing for striped bass. And I was like, I'm so sorry, kid. Like, I don't, I don't know. I can tell you all about like bioenergetics and like what they eat and how big they're going to get. But I have, I don't know anything about sport fishing. Um, so that was a fun time. Um, <laughs> I love talking to the public, but it always, it often would fall back to sport fishing and I would just have to try and get myself through conversations. Um, so the project that I was funded with, with the division of wildlife, was to, they stock a lot of lakes around Ohio with different fish, um, which is mostly great. Like people love to fish. It puts people in nature. It's mostly wonderful. And they do, they do a really good job at making sure that these fish are appropriately placed. They're not trying to ruin any ecosystems. Um, and what I did is I ran experiments on fish and, um, surveyed habitat and, uh, got to decide. I helped the Division of Wildlife decide what habitat was best. So, and I'll go into maybe more details later with Get Learned. But that was that was my whole experience there. And then stick around, and I think for a moment to do my PhD, and was technically registered for my PhD for about a year, and in that time just realized this ain't it. Um, especially at Ohio state. Like, I don't know if I was at a different university, if things would have gone differently. Um, but it, no one around me made it look fun, right? Like of whether it be postdocs or my advisors or other professors, um, just knowing their, how thin they were spread, even when they made it. And I was like, that's what I want to do. <laughs> I don't think that's what I want to do. Um, so I end up, and at that time I actually had my kid, I had Lennon. So it was, I was happy. I worked for a year and decided to take some time off because I was like, if I'm not happy where I'm working, I applied a few places and like water treatment centers. Um, but I was like, I just, I think I just need to take a break. So that was a huge decision that we were able to do that for a little bit. And after about two years, um, I had a second kid. And as that second kid's about a year old, it timed out freakishly well. I get a phone call one day from an old coworker and she works with an educational and granting program called Ohio Sea Grant. So they work, they don't do research, but they help fund researchers through Ohio. They work, they're based within Ohio State, but it actually gets on federal funds and state funds. And that's what's, that's what runs Stone Lab. So I was like, yes, actually, I would love to go back to work. And this sounds like a really great fit. Like I still get to be connected to research. 
um, but I'm not doing the research and I'm not fighting for the tracks in true academia. Um, so I was there for a few years, end up basically running um, their the educational program for Stone Lab, like who's teaching what classes, helping students apply and um, going up and doing. I never... I almost taught some classes at Stone Lab, but like ended up never needing to, but I would teach or do other educational programming just around the state. Um, as like supplemental to my just computer job of admin organization, which is why I ended up going back to school for a degree in public administration. Um, because if I wanted to keep doing this, I wasn't going to stay in that job forever, but I realized I really did like running a program like this at a public program. So I went back to school, got that degree. And so next thing I know, I'm like, kind of doesn't matter what it is. I'm just like decent and enjoying project management, program management, making things happen. While I'm doing all this, like photography was a bit of my, my hobby. Um, so that got me exposed in like my little bit of free time to like the creative industry of Columbus primarily. Um, and it was very much a side gig. And then all of a sudden, like the worlds kind of collide with some new friends at, um, who then I find out work at Pixel Park, which is where I work now. And the owner of Pixel Park is a really old friend of mine from high school. And so it was just like these friends, I'd known them for maybe a year at that point, maybe not even, but I had like finally like looked up the one gal. I was like, Pixel Park Shows talks about all these animations. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, Matt Holter is your boss. And, and I was like, I know him. Like, I really know him. And so just through conversations, like, so, you know, like six months later, I'm working at Pixel Park. So, no way. yeah, my big old, like through research and project ma education and project <laughs> management. And now I, I, I manage artists. That's my, so awesome. Yeah. My mind is blown. <laughs> Emily might be the coolest person I know. <laughs> well, I only scratch. There's so many other things I could talk yeah, about. Yeah, well, like, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll get there. I have a Emily, kid. And Emily then I needs to take over this podcast. And then I had another kid. And then like, yeah. so like at some point, like you said, oh yeah, I met my like soon be like so fiance you, husband. You got your your um, most recent degree like recently. In like 20... 2020, yeah. 2020, yeah. 2020, yeah. 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 That was really fun. I loved, if anyone as like a professional adult contemplates going back for a master's, I mean, I guess it depends what it's in. I loved it. It was, there were moments where it was tough, like being surrounded by, no offense, but like 22 year olds. Yeah, I'm um, 23 now. So <laughs> yeah. And it was most, it was mostly great. It was but crazy there, there was definitely moments where I was like, too old for this. Um, <laughs> what did you, what did you like about it? Um, when you know it's your profession, you, it, the conversations are just way more engaging. Like yeah. you have experience when there's topics at hand in coursework. And, you know, the professor's like, what would you do in this situation? You're just like, actually, that's real life. And like, you, you mm. really have good examples where you can either have a conversation about it or what they're teaching you. You have direct references in your own experiences as to what they're what's being discussed. Oh, yeah. And it helps so much versus um, 
undergrad, I mean, or even my, my first master's in science where everything was still so new. And as you're trying to learn it and master it while you're just like, when is, is this going to be applicable at any point? I have no idea. But if you're doing it later in your professional degree, you have, every, it was just every day, other than just the exhaustion of working and going to school, I, I'd go back to school in a heartbeat. Like just, it's fun. It's, it's genuinely fun. How did you know that project management, that you really enjoyed it? Like, was there something that happened or is there some things that came really easy to you that maybe don't come easy to other people? Like, like how, how did that come um, See, I think the, like the excitement of seeing people working together successfully, mm. um, whether that be in an educational program or now a small business, that the work of administration is so much work. And to both the, like, do something, whether that's teaching or making, um, designing curriculum or anything you, you have an actual job and managing people those are two 40 hour a week jobs and so to if you have someone on a team that has the capacity to just make sure everything functions and functions well because humans are wild right we so many personalities that you need to work together every day doing many different things like it takes more humans to make that puzzle come together successfully and that uh, it's mostly fun except for when it's not but it's mostly mm. fun <laughs> yeah. do, do you miss the fish uh a little bit that phase of life was very fun and so was educate like being in education being an informal education so i was very fortunate that i got to be in informal education so i didn't need a teaching degree and i wasn't I considered going, that was like in that, the track of like, I don't want my PhD. Do I want to teach? Do I want to get a, not like a supplemental degree and actually go teach in a high school or something instead of college? Um, and I don't, I didn't really have much interest in like, God, all the power to like actual teachers that do it day in and day out. So informal education is a lot of fun because you can pretty much do whatever you want. Um, but I do, I do miss that. Do you feel like with project management, you kind of carry some of that stuff over with your kids? You know what I'm saying? Like, like you're operating like these two kids are like trying to figure out how to live life together and like grow up and like your degrees kind of helped with that, too, of like being a mom. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, not so much, I guess, in project, excuse me, in project management per se of like, mm, I don't run an organized, like my household is not super organized. Um, I like to let them be themselves and try and figure out what the best decisions are and everything. But in my community, like, I think it's, if I would relate anything more directly to my personal life, community, like communication style, like mm -hmm. <laughs> de-escalation. <laughs> that's a, <laughs> a fun one. When you have a, a seven-year-old that's coming in hot, like how to, you know, not respond yeah. with that same energy to, to help bring a mirroring to mirroring what you want him to, to be, to, to come down. So at probably in my communication style and like planning, it's, it's helped. Yeah. Well, tell me about like being a mom. I mean, like you have, like, that's a huge part of life, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. tell, tell me about that. 
Uh, so two kids, they're pretty great. We're now, it's like we're in the beginning. Well, <laughs> I guess we are in like a, the, a sweet spot before they're teenagers. So they're very self-sufficient, but they're not yet defiant. They still really love me. So <laughs> we'll see, we'll see how things, how things evolve over the next few years. Um, but yeah, they're, they're pretty great. Like, I don't know. I try, you know, I work out in the mornings and then it's rushing home to get them off to school. And, and luckily Scott's very like, we kind of have our routine down where he knows we, you know, just almost sometimes planned out, sometimes unspoken of like, who's doing what in the circus of the mornings. Um, and then lucky that one kid comes home and he immediately does his homework don't know why wow. <laughs> but he does it um and then he plays video games so then we just have the other one who wants to come home and play video games till bedtime that so it's just one we have to really manage but um but in general we've been really really lucky with their their two personalities they make it they really make it easy so yeah yeah when you're in your i feel like sweet spot of not having to like when they're little i see friends with like really little kids and i forget they have to like watch them all the time yeah so they don't put things in their mouth yeah and you're like and you know the ability to say oh they can get up and get their own breakfast or like you know they can use a restroom by themselves you know yeah it, it like yeah i i hear you i think our our, kid, our kids are similar ages yeah 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 but yeah what's been your favorite season of life as a mom oh that's a really good question um like maybe right now um i mean when they were toddlers and young young babies but not newborns that was really fun so maybe like when beckett was like eight months old and lennon would have been like two like that was a little bit of a sweet spot um still a lot like <laughs> yeah that's, still that's... a lot going on but fun ages and then shortly after that then you've got like the three-year-old and then you know closely following behind and beckett was walking at eight months so he was like this little <laughs> nugget just that fast yes yeah. yeah and so it's with no no awareness no judgment whatsoever just this little like 20 inch being that was like running across the living room <laughs> wow that was wild eight months yeah yeah. Does, does Scott do any like workout fitness stuff or anything like that? He used to, um, and he was more into powerlifting um, with uh, Joe Joe Lasco. Like what, what he was like conjugate method. So he just really got into that. It just I don't know. Just he just really jived with it. Um, and then just before the pandemic. Um, they had like some coaching change up and so, and Scott was getting busy. So he's like, I'm going to take some time off. And I was like, of course, everybody got to take phases of life. Got to take time off. Um, but then the, like four months later, the pandemic hit and he just kind of never found his routine again. Um, I'm definitely more of like the, the adrenaline addict of us too. Yeah. Like he, he works out because when he does work out, when he's like, I need to make it a priority. So I can live a healthier life. Like it's, it's work for him versus for me. I'm just like, when do I go to the gym next? Like I just, I thrive on that, um, processing out that energy, I guess. Yeah. How long have you been doing CrossFit? To 2017, I think. Okay. Yeah. You were with a different gym originally, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was with Grandview. Yeah. Okay. And working, so I worked on campus and 
Um, and I had friends that went there before they moved away. And so that was like the only, I was like, I guess I'll go there. I didn't know of anything else. Um, so yeah, since I was there for a while and I did, I tried personal training, which was a waste of thousands of dollars. Um, <laughs> because I didn't know what else to do. I was running for years and just every time I would get over like 15 miles, my knees would go out and it's cause I was doing nothing else. Yeah. Um, and so then I was like, well, I'll try personal training. Like CrossFit was like not even on my radar. So I tried personal training, but that was, I just went to like a stranger that I found on the internet at a gym. Yeah. Um, but that was nothing like, I don't know, no offense to that guy, wherever he is now, but <laughs> yeah, that I'm guy. sure there's better, there's better people out there. And I just picked some random person, um, that didn't get me very far. And then I don't know. I can't remember if I asked, I don't know if I asked anyone or just somehow like, you know, actually trying that CrossFit thing. And the only reason I tried CrossFit was because I knew you people used rowing, used ergs, used rowing machines. So, Mm -hmm. and I, I was a big time rower in high school and a little bit in college. So I was like, all right, I'll try that. Yeah. Here I am. You say you people like you haven't drank a Kool-Aid. Yeah, over and over. I was going to say that. I was like, of any of us, you you drank the Kool-Aid the most. Yeah. Yeah, she's fitter than all of us. Yeah. Yeah. So you, like, you stay after every day to do extra work that I'm pretty sure is not just the stuff on the board. Does Scott know this? Are we blowing your cover? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. The class is just two hours long. Yeah, yeah. Can't Luke's Luke's keeping me over. No. Yeah. What um what drives you to work so hard? Like what what's um do you have a goal in mind? Is it what Right? That is I ask myself that. Um <laughs> I it's it's just really fun. It's I don't it know. Fun. I've had other hobbies that I might entertain here and there through life. But like, I, I just, I really have fun trying to learn these new things I can do with my body. Yeah. Right. Um, and then especially, I think I had a little bit of an epiphany last year. Not, I, not that I, like, I don't have anything like, Oh, I turned 35 or 30. I don't even know how old I am. 36. Like it, it wasn't like, Oh my God, I turned this age, but it was like the acceptance of, things are moving more slowly. Like I it's longer to recover. Like I'm not, I'm not 24 years old where I can just like do something for a month and be proficient at it anymore. Um, it's so like learning new skills and everything. I'm like, I think I'm at like a good sweet spot right now where if, if if I want to start working on this stuff, it's going to be easier to start really driving into these details and working on this stuff now than if I just kind of like, oh, it'd be really nice to have bar muscle up someday. Like I'll just, if I just do that practice stuff with class every day for another few years, maybe I'll get it. And I this realization of like, the longer I put that work off, the harder it's going to be. It won't be impossible, but it, and the risk of injury might get, you know, increase a little bit. So that was, that was a little bit of my, my drive. I think this last year of like, I'm in a good sweet spot to, really start hitting some stuff and hopefully maintain proficiency. Yeah. Just kind of keep it going. Hitting stuff like bar muscle-ups. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got them. I did. What's the next thing after bar muscle-ups? Oh. Um, Is there an next? Like, probably oh. like it, inversions, like more like handstands and 
all that. I know because there's more, there's a lot more like, de- like the games actually with all like the pirouettes and, oh, yeah. and all that stuff. The, like, the crossovers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she has those too. I do. No, I've been working on those. <laughs> Did you see that? That was the day that. The, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. tried it out and you just yeah. literally. Shower was like, I can't do one. And I was like, haha, I can do one. And then Emily gets on and she crushes them like in a row. She's like, crossover, crossover, crossover. Yeah. Cross. What? Yeah. Alongside with her roaming love, it was double Dutch. <laughs> so, if only. Yeah. Yep. Double Dutch on the rower. I think that was one of my, that's, that is probably in the top five moments of my CrossFit uh, coaching career is being in the middle of my over and squat reps and hearing a bunch of screaming and yelling yeah. and Casey being like, where's Luke? And I was like, oh my gosh, someone killed themselves. And I look over and you're up on the bar and yeah. like, yeah. It, and it, I stopped my reps and yeah. ran over in the middle of the workout to give you a hug because yeah. that was so exciting. Yeah. And it was definitely top five moment. Of it coaching. was for me. I had to text a friend who she's, she's my age and she's back. She used a gymnast as a teenager and now she, she works, she does an adult gymnastics now. So she, I have to commiserate with her and like trying to get things she used to be able to do. And so for me being bar muscle up, I you know, tell her how much I'm working on. And, uh, and I texted her like the next day or something. And I like was typing out like the whole thing. Cause I know she would appreciate it. And I was like, it was like one of my favorite, I think it's my favorite day that's like ever happened. Yeah. And I like, cause it wasn't one, it was with like all my favorite people that I see every day. And it was not like, I, I wasn't planned. It wasn't like expected. I was like, and I just told, I just told him, I was like, I'm just going to try a few attempts. I don't even think he was looking like he was still doing a few reps of something else. And all of a sudden it was like, my first attempt, I just almost had it. And I was like, oh my God, I think I can do this. <laughs> and then the second one, I popped right up there and I was like, look! <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. It was so great. I'm so yeah. glad that, uh, to, to experience that yeah. with you. Yeah, that, that was, was good. That was really great. Yeah. Cause I know how hard you've been working on those and yeah, yeah. So it was just really good. It was really, it was just like a, the epitome of like why why people love CrossFit and mm-hmm. like that community and where it was like, it happened. Like in yeah. that moment, everything that CrossFit claims to be yeah. happened. Yeah. Well, yeah. Everybody stopped working <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. You guys did. Well, you I, guys are next to us. I mean, I might've been really extra happy that I got to take a break, <laughs> but I was going to take a break anyways. Cause I was like, I mean, yeah. Why? Like I was like, what's going on? I see you up on the bar. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like because everybody not only, stopped. Not only have you been like putting the extra time in and being diligent and like doing the hard work, you've also been extremely patient with every single person that's walked by and be like, oh, muscle ups? You need to do this, right? Like, that's 100%. Because for reference, she's covering her face right now out of like, I can't tell if it's embarrassment or like, yeah. Because we've all had frustration yeah. or we've all had that person that's like, hey, like this should help you and it helps you. Yeah. But you've also had that one thing that you're like, no, I've tried all of that and I still can't get yeah, it, yeah. you know? So yeah. So I'll jump just into pet peeves. Like the one thing is no. like when people No, don't, say, ru- don't ruin it. All don't right, all right, it. all right. Yeah, we'll we, so don't waste it. I, I feel like, so I feel like we could make a three hour podcast, but <laughs> what do we like, you want to say something? What were you going to say? Well, I, I want to say, say something too. Okay, well, why don't you go uh, first? How about you go first, then Luke, then <laughs> Okay, me. okay. So I feel like we there we should ask some questions. Well, what have we been doing? Okay, you should go. Okay. That's go. what you have? <laughs> well, it was a half-baked idea. It was half-baked. <laughs> Next time, okay. you're going last. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. 
told you. I told you to go first. You both told me I should go first. All right, I did Luke, not. Okay. You're up now. Um, it kind of sounds like you want to like. I don't know, transition into something else. So I thought like, that's what you're So saying. as we're looking at the time, I feel like, in, and because looking at saying, hey, because we're at like 45 oh, minutes. We're fine. Right? Okay. I was just thinking. Another hour. I feel like there's so much I want to know about you, Emily. I and know. I think that we also have the pet peeves and, yeah. and the here, get learned. I, I, think, I think I have a way that we can help. I okay. Can help. Please okay. help me. Help okay. me here. Um, so, you know, I'm mildly obsessed with the Enneagram. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I think this kind of will help drive this conversation. So tell us what your Enneagram number is, and then we can kind of drive a discussion off of that. Oh, that's a, okay. you did a good job helping wow. me. Yeah. Thank you. I, I'll go later. Words sometimes. <laughs> I struggle with them. So Luke knows that I really don't like labels, but <laughs> if you're going to force me to say it, it's a four. Ooh, that's sass. <laughs> I know, right? But it's I'm a very, it's so a very, very poor it. thing to yes. be like, why are you putting a label on this? Yes. Which is why it makes so much sense. I'm like, I hate taking those tests. And then I say, but I'm like, oh man, it's right. Dang it. It's right. <laughs> yeah. And we've been labeling her as Emily Burbach. <laughs> I don't even. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. You can but... keep it up. It'll probably be weird now if you don't, if you say it. No, the we other have to way. say it right now. <laughs> I feel like we just broke, like, like when we figured that out, I felt like we broke, like, important, like, you know, like, we broke news. Like, we broke, like, <laughs> we were the first ones to find this news. Oh. Audience, we'll be back in just a moment. <laughs> we're starting. Audience, we're back. We just had uh, some ice cream, and I just made a, what's it called? Uh, um, affogato? Affogato, yeah. Affogato. You got it. With decaf. Yeah. <laughs> it's bedtime. Decaf affogato. The decaf affogato. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Be so, not, not before we get into the Enneagram, oh, jump yeah. back into that, I would like to um, just let everyone know that we need to do some cultural education for Char Baby. Oh. As he is unaware of who Tanya Harding is. Yeah. And how, what a cultural incident that was and uh oh uh, you said you thought she runs track right <laughs> no comment <laughs> more on that later but now back to emily and her being labeled as an enneagram four tell yeah. us about that uh you probably know more uh yeah so independent and i see myself as or do i strive to be uh, unique. Like there's no, I, I firmly believe in a sense that we all, not just myself, but everyone follows very individual and unique paths, um, in life. Like there's no, I don't know, very minimal similarities between, you know, between a lot of us, um, and how we pursue everything we like every day, like whether it be our goals or just the living through the day, we all are, very unique. And I very, like, I, I cherish that. Um, and like traveling the, uh, what's a dumb expression of like the, um, unbeaten path kind of thing. Um, going, sometimes it means going against the grain. Sometimes it means non conforming. Um, yeah. Not trusting. Is it because <laughs> sometimes it's like a, what it means? Is it is it is it because it's like a different adventure? 
like I, I think when you were describing all that stuff, it sounds like the unbeaten path, you know, road less traveled against the grain. It's like a different adventure and experience. Mm-hmm. Is that is that like yeah? So this was on my arm actually. Oh. This is this is an adventure. Yeah. Oh okay. <laughs> it's a tattoo. Yeah yeah. For listeners. Yeah sorry yeah. Yeah yeah. 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 So like. I don't know many fours, which is, you're probably loving right now, <laughs> but I do remember the time that I told you that there was another four in the gym and you got really salty about it. I just didn't, I don't know who, I mean, I maybe could have some guesses. I don't know. I don't, I don't see, and not loving labels. I'm just like, well, I don't, does everyone, what, what is Enneagram? What is personality tests? Like, we're all just going to be who we are, regardless of what the number is. Isn't that, so isn't that? How a four would think. That's exactly how a four would think. Because <laughs> I will say that now that you're describing this, you know what a four is. I don't know any mar- marine bi- biologists. Marine biologist, sure, yeah. Okay, I, did, I wanted to make sure I got the official title. Yeah. But then also, like, you overlook this team of, like, gra- digital design, like, anima- animators, designers and animators, yeah. And then also like, I mean, we all do CrossFit, but like when I'm over there on the treadmill walking around after the workout, like you're playing around doing all these things, next goal. Um, you're unique in that. I don't know anybody that's like, besides Josh Pelts really, but Josh is always like, maybe Josh could be a four. Josh is not a four. But yeah, I think I've noticed that. I was like, oh, okay, you're really, you're different. So, also, listening Thanks. to this podcast. I was going to say, that's the nicest thing that you can say to her. That is the nicest thing that you can say to her. It's so true. I, yeah. So, where do you think, like, you, you know, when you were describing your, your up, upbringing and stuff, like, how you felt like, like, you lived in a house with foster children. Like, n- not being one yourself, but, like, right, yeah. you with a bunch of people, like, did you feel, and, and your parents are so busy, did you feel like that maybe that that desire to be unique and different kind of stems out of that, like, I want to be my own thing because I see all this around me and, like, no one's really paying attention, but, like, like kind, kind of, of an attention thing, but, like, you know, you didn't want to end up like that. And, like, you know, I feel like there's a lot of things that's playing into that. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think between living in, in that crazy house for a few years, right in those early memories... And then living on a farm where with like no rules, right? I mean, we respected the rules of the, like the, we lived on someone else's property. So like my parents didn't own the farm and like these horses and everything, but so we respected it, but it was very much early nineties of like, I didn't know where my parents were most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Um, and so just general early 90s parenting and living on 14 acres where we were just free roaming the whole property um, was, you know, for me to go to school and like I follow I definitely followed rules like I still was a good student, um, but it wasn't like I wasn't that I always thought about questioning I think more as an adult, like a young adult. I really did get into a phase of like questioning a lot of authority kind of got me in trouble in a nice phase of life. Um, so I've, I've tempered that down with the wisdom of uh, age. Uh, but it, I didn't I was definitely not like a rebel 
as a kid, but I always like, uh, kind of without really realizing it, you're kind of making me just think about this now of, um, I always saw like more opportunity than what might've been laid out by adults around me of like things to do or things you should be doing or options. I was like, well, no, you're saying we can do these things, but I think we actually could go do that. And I think I'm just going to try and go do that. And until I got in trouble, like I just kind of did what I wanted to do. Hmm. That's fascinating. I haven't really heard it described like that, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. So I have a question that is worth asking rather than the last one. Mm. Yes. Um, I wrote down Wait, the last one that you asked or, or the look, are you talking about my question? <laughs> that was actually me. The one that remember when we were like, Hey, I have something to say. And you're like, you go first, you go His first. His question was like, whether or not we should right, ask, yeah. ask questions. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure that yeah, you weren't. No, like, I wasn't saying, no, you had a really good question. Luke. I wasn't, that wasn't on you. That was a, me saying we should listen now because I'm trying to redeem the fact that I didn't have something good to say last time. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to clarify. Thank you Yep. for clarifying that. Um, I read that, uh, in the Enneagram type fours have a relentless drive to discover and understand who they truly are deep down. So my question would be is in the 36 years of your life, like what have you learned about yourself? Like, do you resonate with that statement? Do you feel like that's true of your life? And totally. And even less is like, you could just thinking more very recently that, uh, that resonates with me. I, that word, I hear that word all the time. Um, so you automatically hate it? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, it's, it's really hard to talk. Um, so we just be, the few books I've read very recently are have made me realize how much, not just kind of like figuring out who I am, but who we all are. Like why, whether it's like on the bigger spectrum of like human evolution, but why we all do what we do. So even like the last book that I read, Comfort Crisis, um, but they talk about how as like what makes us different as humans compared to other animals in the world. And it's that we we can run long distances in heat. So closer to the equator with weight, like there's no other animals that can do those things. And to like learning that I immediately am like looking up weight vests and like how I just can better be or explore, not even necessarily that I have to be it, but like explore that and how I can uh, like entertain different options of to be it. A, a, I don't know what would be the right word, not a good human, not the best human, but challenge myself to experience something that as a human, I might be able to do. Um, I feel like there's another, that one's just like the fresh example, but yeah. yeah. Also, as far as books go, I feel like weird because part of the research I felt like I was creepy. (laughs) It was was kind of creepy. I was like, hey, you didn't do it. Our our research team. Our research assistant did it. Yeah. Our team. Yeah. Yeah. We'll Uh, talk to them later. They had talked to me about some of the books that you've passed read, and it seemed like there was a lot of. Uh, history books like the Hamilton and oh and, my good my good reads uh, yes. yeah which is very out of date okay. yeah so I went through a big kick on early American history yeah, yeah. and actually I loved John Adams is like the best president <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that. she was about to, I love that I thought she was about to say John Adams is my crush. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, you 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 basically crushed on him. Like, if you didn't catch it through the pod, like it was happening in real life. John Adams. Why? Why is it? Why do you think he's the best? That's fascinating. Um, so he was an asshole, but like rightfully so. <laughs> Um, I, he, uh, there was, he stood his ground on a lot of issues. Uh, well, I mean, one of the, the bigger ones that's like easily at surface level is like when it came to slavery, he was of the founding fathers, damn near the only one that was like, look, idiots. <laughs> like we, this is non-negotiable mm. and every, to everyone else, it was negotiable. Um, and like. It's well recorded that when slaves built the first White House, how, and he lived there, and him and Abigail were just truly disgusted by it. Like there weren't many, I mean, there are other early presidents and founding fathers that like, they didn't love slavery, but like, you know, they were like, well, everyone else is doing it. Like, we just got to keep the peace. But like John Adams was like, this is morally horrific and he was one of just the very few that really stood his ground on that and a lot of other things too which he got a lot of flack for like people at that time hated him like they thought he was a total asshole and he was but i think gratefully so yeah was john adams a four i don't know probably not what is scott i don't know <gasps> see that's why i have a like, anagrams i'm not like I'm Do not going to make him take it. I'm not going to put a label on him. <laughs> Do put a, fours put a label like on him for me. Other fours? Do what? Do fours like each other fours? Because they're like, Ooh. no, they hate, they hate each other. <laughs> they're like beta fish. Yeah. When Whoa. she finds out who the other four is in the gym, she's going to murder her. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, him. Now you know it's a her. I did that on purpose. Wow. Oh, no, you no. never see this person. It's fine. Oh, okay. Okay. Now she's... <laughs> Huh. I know what Emily's doing tonight. She's scrolling through. All <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Is this personal plan for <laughs> So, do you have. So, before we transition into the Get Learned segment. Oh, yeah. And the Pepe segment. Oh, yeah. What. Any last listener questions or any other questions that you want to know about Emily? No, it wasn't really going to be a question for Emily. I was just wanting us to recap our favorite thing we learned about Emily. <laughs> Because there was so much stuff, and I was like, I just feel like I could just like, um, you know, like Joe Rogan podcasts are like four plus hours. Yeah, I could easily crush one of those listening about Emily's life. You know, my favorite part was a lot of them, but I really liked how uh, well you translated like the complexity of some of the like marine biology or academia world or like some of these really things that, that, that have a lot of variables and you're like, Oh yeah. Like I was studying fish specifically. This is how fish go here to here. This is what this term means. Cool. Now let's move on. Rather than most of the conversations I'm in, it's like, Oh yeah. Like big word that you obviously don't understand, but I understand it. So like, let's keep talking until you interrupt me. Cause I know you don't understand it. So I just appreciated that about that. So <laughs> we can cut that part out. <laughs> no, I like that. No, we can. Luke, what what you learn about Emily? I there were a lot of things. It's true. There were a lot of things. A lot so of things. much. My favorite. I, I, was, I oh okay. Can I go again? Can I go again? You're giving really, two. I know one. because I really liked your maiden last name. I still can't pronounce it, but I really like. <clears> oh, I think I got it. No, nope. Sokovia. No. Sapkovich. Bingo. Bingo. Boom. Wait, was that actually it? Yeah. Sapkovich, yeah. 
Sop. I immediately want to say soap, but I remember it's not soap, it's sop. Okay, mm-hmm. you can go ahead now. Oh, well, thank you. Do you want to interrupt me again? I may. Okay. Um, the John Adams thing. <laughs> Love that. Hey, but, that's recency bias. Give us something. Also, you know, I'm, giving, I'm giving you another thing. Okay. Um, and now I just forgot it because. Sorry. I moving you- oh, I know. The NSF thing. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I worked on, I, I wasn't awarded the NSF grant, but I worked for a lab that did it, that had one. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so like, no, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. It's very, very, it's very cool. The thing that I think I learned was just learning about your life growing up and like also your culture. That was super interesting because it, there are so many questions I have more about like, what was your experience like growing up as a little kid with all these foster kids that were way older than you? I want to learn a lot more about European culture when it comes to food. Um, those being a few things. But yeah, that's what I learned. So now... We pushing peas? No, we have to get learned. Just kidding. Let's get learned. Yeah. Okay, I'll try and keep it succinct because it, it was... I, I started doing it... More to, fish? Yes, yeah. So I was a little bit into like the world of what is at least my experience of, of what is an aquatic ecologist. Yes, tell us. Yeah. Uh, so. So excited. Why do I need them? What? Why, why do, do I need, no, Let her talk. Why do you need an aquatic ecologist? Yeah, why do I need um, an aquatic ecologist? The better we can understand the species or and their habitat uh, with all of our human influences on this earth, we can better, there are, powers that be like divisions of wildlife that can help secure those habitats mm. and allow those species to still exist. Why us humans are affecting the earth, however we affect the earth. And so my path towards in, in graduate school towards aquatic research, I realized they, it's like a biology is explained by chemistry and chemistry is explained by physics and physics is explained by math. And that like is my graduate career. So I started in biology and just kind of starting to study this fish, um, ran experiments on little fish. So this was like two years of work in the lab with hundreds of small fish and having to go in at 3am while this truck comes in. That's this tanker truck is full of fish and just pulls up to campus and it's me and probably a, an 18 year old tech in undergrad research tech that we've hired for $7 an hour. And we're standing there at three in the morning. And here comes this guy with a truck full of fish. Is it like, like a drug deal? That's yeah. Like that's <laughs> grad school. Like there's no real grownups, right? There's no real grownups around to like, make sure this all goes. I mean, I had an advisor that like, you know, approves all this stuff, but like when it comes down to it, it's just a 22 year old and a 19 year old, like, okay. <laughs> And all these fish. And all these fish. And so we get them in. So I raised, if you ever, everyone ever wants to set up a fish tank, I'm really good at doing that. Oh um, my gosh. There was, <laughs> there was a hot second of my life that we were going to make a fish farm. Yeah, I can do that. Yes. <laughs> oh no. Yes. Like we went. I don't do- want to, but I can. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Keep talking because yeah. I don't want to talk for like an hour. Yeah. Fish farms. So I spent like. Two or three summers, because um, we would do it during the summer, because it's easier to get the water in at a decent temperature into these tanks. Um, and so we had cold water and hot water and varying oxygen levels, because when you go out into a habitat, there's different oxygen levels through the water column, just as the temperature's warmer at the top than it is at the bottom. 
So we feed all these fish and we watch them grow over months and they're all in very specific conditions. Um, and so that's our data is how well did they grow or not grow? It's bioenergetics. That's, that's what I did. Here's what they ate. We always measured what they ate, knew exactly what they ate um, in these conditions. How much did they grow or not grow? Had to do dissections and looking at liver analysis and all this stuff. So you have all this data. And then when I wasn't in a lab taking care of these fish 24 hours a day, so it felt a lot of time. I was out on boats in the middle in the afternoon and sometimes in the middle of the night, sometimes with division of wildlife teams. And we survey lakes. So like, I don't even remember East Fork near Cincinnati, um, up towards Cleveland. We did like six or seven or eight lakes all around Ohio for three summers, multiple times throughout the summer, um, getting depth analysis and oxygen measurements and temperature measurements. So then I can go back to my computer and I start modeling. This is where I turn it into math. And I map out the entire lake, each lake individually. And it spreads out all these, you know, you have a bunch of data points and then it just assumes what the temperature is going to be all over the lake. And then you take that data you have from how fish are growing in those conditions that you've measured in the lab and you apply every single data point of how they grew into every single you know, meter of water. Mm. And it gives you all of these pretty colors that tell you this is the section of the lake that they're going to grow really well in. And this is a section of the lake that they're not going to grow well in. So is there enough of the lake that those fish are going to their population will thrive or is that so small that it's not worth maintaining the fish population in that lake? Or do we need to change the lake? Like, is there anything they need to do to better regulate um, like the nutrients going into that lake that are going to grow algae and support the little fish that feed those fish? Yeah. And one of my favorite stories is going out to do a survey. It was one of the first time I was going out where I'm the lead. Not, I don't have another grad student with me. I don't have a division of wildlife person with me. I'm the lead researcher and I have my tech who's also a woman. And so I was like, we're doing it, girlfriend. Like we're out here doing our aquatic research. And that day <laughs> we were so glad we came back alive. Like, I think we had troubles with the truck. We're towing a boat. We put the boat in the water. We did, forgot to put the plug in the boat. So the boat immediately starts sinking. <laughs> And I'm driving the truck and my tech is in the sinking boat. <laughs> she's like, she just starts like floating away, away from the dock. Cause she was like trying to do, she didn't realize she was like coming off the trailer. We get it all resolved. We get the water out. We finally get reset. We ended up, I think running, driving over like a concrete. Like we should have known we with the depth analysis, like we were going. So we end up like riding over something in the boat, in the water. It was, I think like 10 other things went wrong that day. When we finally got at the end of the day, got the car, the, the boat back on the trailer. We were like, okay, we did it. The boat is not trashed or at the bottom of the lake. I think we got data. Like it was, it was, it was wild. And now like to this day, it's like one of my favorite stories where it just started out of like, yes, two women in science were doing it. And we end up barely surviving. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. Did you, are you published? Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> I'm going to find your paper. It took a while. It's like it was bioenergetics is, is really tough to study. Like it, we had, a, I think it got kicked back. I don't know how many times. Yeah. 
um, cause it finally got published actually when, I mean, I was gone by for like two years. So I, I helped rewrite a few sections, but there was another grad student whose name is on it mm-hmm. that helped, he helped finish it. Cause I was like, guys, I'm not with this department. Like, this isn't what I want to do. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I still want to see it published, but if you want a new stats analysis, like I don't do that anymore, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's published. You know what my favorite thing about Emily is? You're better than the cliff notes. Like, cause I, I read the, <laughs> yeah, like this. Okay. This may make Put sense. Put that on a shirt. Put that on a shirt. Notes. You're better than cliff notes. I would take that shirt. Yeah. Because, so you can find the summary of your paper, which is basically what you just said online. I hope right? so. I yeah. mean, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's like, hey, yeah. it's like completely different. Yeah. That'd be so funny. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, it's like, and so you could be like, for me, uh, when I was, when our team was regurgitating the information to me about what you did, I was like, okay, you have the variable of temperature and the variable of oxygen and where the fish better at and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I kind of know it, but like that paired with like reading your history and all that stuff, like hearing you talk about it and engaging you with that, like, oh my gosh, like this is just so much better than, you know. The cliff notes. So that's my favorite part. Um, One of my favorite parts. Two things. One, are you saying that we need to get rid of our research department? <laughs> I think we seriously, we might need to. I, we'll have to, in our next couple meetings, yeah. we'll have to, we'll have to yeah. bring that. Secondly, um, <clears throat> so like with all this research and you and talking about all this fish and stuff, was there like a moment, because I don't know why, all I can think about is as you're talking, I'm thinking about um, the uh, Marvel movie Endgame, mm-hmm. where Tony Stark. Are you gonna spoil it? No, Tony Stark. I I think might also be a four. Side note, but like he's he not, he's like not. playing around and he's trying to figure out how to go back in time or whatever, and then he solves how to figure it out. Yeah, and he's like, boom! I figured it out. Like as a researcher. Okay, <laughs> I was just wondering. Also, did you have a favorite fish that you were like, wow, this fish, this is my dude? Rainbow darters. Okay. Rainbow what? A rainbow darter. Darter. A rainbow darter. They are like the beautiful little tropical fish that lives in, in streams and rivers in Ohio. They're so beautiful. They're rainbows. They are, they are little. They're about this big. And they are This beautiful. big being a finger. Sorry. No, yeah, visual, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the size of your finger. Look up a rainbow darter. They're, they're beautiful little fish and they're all over Ohio. But your main fish was the striped bass. Yes, a sport fish. Yeah, sport fish that you that you don't you don't know much about sport fish. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Uh, fishermen love like it's a good catch. Yeah. They're they're large. It's a large fish. It's fun to catch. I'm gonna ask a really dumb question. Yeah. Who's Tony Harding? <laughs> <laughs> it might be dumber than that. Um, you like eat fish and stuff? I do. Yeah. Okay. That's that, that was, was the main question? question. Yeah, that was the main question. Yeah. I didn't know if you're like I love them that's so much. <laughs> I, me and David are in the same wavelength. I see, and, and some of the things because it's like so you, profound in my head, and then they come out and they just no. you know it's like it sounds like you just love these fish, but then you're like you know when I'm out there and I get hungry, I just pick up one of the straight bass. No, and, <laughs> no. 
Okay, now that's another question. Do you eat sushi? Meaning, do you eat raw fish from like? The I lake? do. Yeah, I really, I, li- I like sushi a lot. Yeah. So yeah. when you like eat fish, but I won't eat raw sushi from Ohio lakes. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, that's <laughs> next level. Uh, that's asking Please for a fry. lot of that diseases. <laughs> is is Ohio like a really good state when it comes to like learning about fish? Very good question, and it is. Um, this is my favorite, little piece of trivia for you guys. So which <laughs> which Great Lake has the most fish? Uh, is this supposed to be a trick question? <laughs> kind of, it can be. Yeah. Because they're all the same lake. <laughs> no, no, she just talked about different parts of the Lake, lake. Erie. It is Lake Erie, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is, it, I make sure I got my data. Is Lake Erie the smallest or the no, second uh, smallest? Second smallest, yeah. Um, it's most shallow. Yeah. Um, but that's part of it because it's, that's why it's green. Everyone's like, it's green, it's dirty, it's gross. And it's, it's not, the, yeah. it's all fish food. Is it the highest amount of fish? It's like, oh, I, I could be wrong, but it's close of all the fish of all the other great lakes. I think Lake Erie is more than that combined oh, wow. or Whoa. it's a comparable. I've been deep sea fishing in Lake Erie and it's like super duper fun. Cause they're like massive fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like huge you have to like buckle in and everything. Again, this is sport fishing, right? So yeah, yeah. I love how you went deep sea fishing in a yeah. lake. Right, yeah. It was pretty <laughs> fun. That's my favorite part of your comment there. <laughs> it was pretty fun. You like get strapped in it's, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, like, like walleye and perch from Lake Erie, oh, so when you can get it fresh off a boat, fried up, so good. Yeah. Well, you trying to push some peas? I love to push some yeah. peas. Let's go. All right. It's time. Time for some anger. I also we need to make some in, like transition music for for Luke's p- pushing piece. Yeah, th- I would like that. Yeah, even though I don't listen to the podcast. Yeah. Okay. okay. We'll we'll have our <clears throat> development team work. On. All right. So I have two. Um, was this something that happened this week? No. Okay. This is something that has attempt been. Can't even talk. This is something that has been an ongoing issue for me. And you're actually part of the problem, Char. <laughs> so uh, this is pet peeve number 433. No way. That cannot be real. That's not real. <laughs> when not real. people try to set me up with... <laughs> I set you up because I love you. Okay. You are top okay. tier in my life. I, I really love... I really love that you know what's best for me. I really love that. It sounds like he doesn't. But I really don't. <laughs> and I don't. Okay? Can you show me the picture again? About how you love and hate it. You remember? You wrote me something about, like, your Enneagram number? I didn't write it to you. It was just the... But you, like, showed it to me, and I read it, and it was like, the, when you say one thing about your type, you also... The opposite is no, true. No, So you might be able to take that and overlap it to the situation and say, I hate when you set me up, but I also love when you set me up. So here's the thing. Would I be wrong? Yes. And right? <laughs> and no. <laughs> so I recently had a... Uh, recently, it was last year, somebody tried to set me up with their daughter... And, uh, not me. It was not you. And Liliana is eight. So that, she's definitely nine. not you. Nine, nine. Whatever. She was eight last year. I should go. <laughs> but they said they, they, they set me up on a blind date and didn't tell me. Oh no. 
Yeah. <laughs> I remember you telling me the story. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I like so the the surprise aspect is in there, but okay. also like so your pet peeve like, is I don't like it when people surprise no, because, me up on dates. Because Wait. because no, listen, <laughs> would you would you just listen for a second? Why I get really angry. <laughs> when people think like like number one, it really ma- it, it makes me feel like there's something like inadequate about me when you feel like you have to set me up with somebody. Mm. Like, That's- oh I'm not enough. <laughs> Oh, you you think that I need somebody else with me so that I can be better? Is that what you're saying? What if it's someone else's life can be incredibly enhanced by you? But it can't. So. Okay, so <laughs> pet 432 is when you get surprise set up with No, daughters. it's not. It's not about being the surprise thing is a whole nother thing. But when people like, piece. like, like, oh, I, I like, I have a friend that you should like go out with or something, or you and Andrew tried to go on a triple date with me and some 26 year old dumb nurse. Like she's a pretty smart nurse. I, I don't know. She's 26. She's probably dumb. Andrew did text me like a few days ago about it. I know we, we were eating lunch. That's why oh. he texted me about it. So anyway, is that two combined or is that just one? That no, that's two. one. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm getting hot. I have to take these blankets off. <laughs> I'm like mad about it. I need some some popcorn. Um. All right. I I, I can't even talk about that one anymore. <laughs> Pet peeve number ninety eight. Okay. We're in top one hundred here, boy. So so this is like if you listen to previous podcasts, you would know. Like my mom is disabled. She um, is paralyzed on the right side of her body. She hasn't been able to drive for several years. Um, <clears throat> I don't think you talked about that. I didn't? No. You, you had talked about... I think I alluded to it. Yeah, there was some allusion to it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, so she's... Anyway, that's her situation. And so um, it... Like, this actually makes me really mad, more so than the other thing. But when people who are not handicapped or disabled use a handicap sticker and take that spot... Oh, yeah. Whereas like my mom can't move the right side of her body and like you expect her to walk into Walmart from the back of the parking lot. Like how do they get those? Like, like, like obesity is not a disability. Mm. It's not having bad knees from being obese is the result of your poor choice. It's not for most people. It's not a disability. (laughs) Okay. Keep talking. So when I, you know, when, you know, we were as a family, my, my dad would be driving and we'd be trying to get into like the store or like a restaurant or something. And there would be, you know, people getting out of a car and they were clearly not handicapped, not even, not, not, not overweight, not old. They just like found a handicap sticker somewhere or something. I don't know. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Cause I've seen that all the time. I'm like, are they just using someone else's so, handicap so, thing? So, so, mad. Or do they just, like, rip it off someone's yeah, thing? Yeah, so mad. A lot of times you can get a handicap sticker from a, uh, or a handicap thing from, like, a surgery. And it's got yeah. a date on it. Yeah. But usually, um, you, like, you could write another date or it's really yeah. checked. Yeah, it's, not, so very, just it's not checked very often. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I just feel like it's a little... Uh, Emily, those those were a little heavy today. Those were some there's some real beating going on. Yeah. I I will come into the defense of, you know, some more 
you know, less obvious disabilities. They do exist. Um, oh, that's true. Like, ner- you know, a nervous system thing that may not be obvious when sure. someone gets out of the car. But I would also warrant that there is a decent percentage of time where people are taking that spot where they shouldn't. Be. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Emily, did you mention that you had quite a bit of a list of a pet peeve as well? I do not, actually. <laughs> so, do you have any? I have a couple. Okay, good. Um. So one, even I guess so related to earlier that I did, I, I held back on is the phrase when someone is is struggling with a bar muscle up, mm. and if it's if you just if you just get your hips to the bar. <laughs> oh my god! I said, oh, no. I've said, said that. I've said that. I've said that. Just get your hips to. Yeah, the I've said that. You've all said it. Every single one of you. <laughs> and by the the other day, you said it to Josh, and he goes, he goes. No shit, Sherlock. And I was like, thank you. Shout out Someone. to Josh Peltz. You know what? Love that guy. Josh Peltz is a great is my favorite. One of my favorites. Oh my gosh. Man, I feel absolutely bodied. Yes, thank you for bodying us. Yeah. I'm yeah, feeling body. absolutely throttled. That's because the you guys are trying to help Madeline people. today. Which is, I know, and I, I completely understand. That's why I usually don't contest it. Because I know, one, it's true, but I know it. <laughs> and two, I know you're just trying to help. Like, I, I give, tell people, you know, I know. I just learned that Emily might be one of the nicest people ever, too. Not only is she cool, but she's super nice. That's your favorite thing about Emily. Yeah. You know, like, her whole last name situation is Papeve. <laughs> I see her in the morning. I'm saying dumb stuff, but she's just like, you know what, Char? You know, what? I'm I'm still gonna be nice to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my other one. This is probably the the only one I've been thinking about this for weeks. Pretty much even since you started the thing, I was like, do I have pet peeves? And I do certainly have one, and it's so particular. Oh and I'll probably I might even I haven't looked around your house enough. I may have offend you. Um, I think I know what it is. No, I doubt it. <laughs> is uh, hanging uh, art or anything on your wall at what is referred to as gallery height. And so it's eye level. The center of what you're doing on your wall is the center of it is about, and lucky for me, it's like my eye level. I'm just like the average human's eye level. So that's good or that's bad? That's good. That's where things should be hung when you decide where to put things on a wall. Not that every picture needs to be at that height, but if you're putting five pictures together, where is the rough center of that display? That center should be at gallery height. And you can look up, it's like 56 inches, I think. The gallery height of my house is a little bit short. (laughs) 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 Which I would respect that adjustment, I think, yes. But it it kills me. And it's, I, so this is why I don't like pet peeves because the, um, I struggle with judging people, like, and even sensing that judgment and like, when does like judging someone, is it, uh, typically classist? Um, and so me even thinking about that, like, is it classist of me to be like, well, why didn't they just bring that down a little bit? Classist. But, um, meaning, meaning were they educated enough to know what gallery height is? And, but when I walk into a room and everyone's pictures are six feet off the ground, I'm like, are you uncomfortable? I'm uncomfortable. So that, that's why it's a pet peeve is because it is, it gallery height is there because it's, it's pleasing to the eye and the dimensions of a room. But I often reflect when, when I have a pet peeve, um, like sometimes grammar, it's like, and I'll be like, oh, well, and then I have to kind of reflect on like, wait, 
what, what, why am I passing this judgment? And sometimes it's totally fine. Sometimes there's, it's completely acceptable. And then other times I'm like, no, I might be an asshole right now. Yeah. I need Emily to come to my office and double check my pictures. (laughs) (laughs) What what an interesting conundrum though is, and like throwback to John Adams who was an asshole, but sometimes rightfully so. Yeah. 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 Right. So at what points is it, is it good in what points? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's a great pet peeve. Is if there are two pictures. I'm going to be about that all the time. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you walk into a place and you're like, they have all this stuff on the walls, but like, why is it, why doesn't it feel right? And it's because it's not nothing. It's they're not, it could be all over the place, but artwork feels right. You're like, wow, they have some cool stuff on the walls. It may just be whatever, but if you put it at the right height, it feels comfortable. Like your perspective of when you're moving around a room, it feels comfortable. Mm. Um, What if there's a wall and there are just two pictures on it, but you want to do like the stagger thing? Yeah. Is that? So however much you stagger them, you need to just determine roughly what is, it becomes basically one piece and you need to determine what that center is. Hmm. I think I just got learned in the pet peeves. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> wow. I feel you like can really dance. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have a lot of things to reconsider about my life. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna two minute drill it up. Yeah. Get spicy. Oh shit, I forgot about this part. <laughs> oh yeah, you better get ready. Who has the timer? I got it. Okay. Who wants to go first? Um <laughs> I'm just excited to hear about Luke's really weird questions. No, they're not that weird. This oh, I'll go first. Okay, go first. Hit it. Go. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite thing about Scott? Uh, we, what would be the best way to put it? Almost like trust. Like it is, I think, unbreakable between us. We mm-hmm. are, and it, <laughs> just use your words. You, I think you referred to you guys as, as best friends or a team or something. And that's how, how Scott and I are. Right. Yeah. If you had to guess what you do, what country were wild hamsters discovered in? What <laughs> country? Mm-hmm. Was it in Africa? No. Oh, damn. I really thought it was in Africa. No, it was Syria. Oh. Not true. Besides genetics, um, what was your favorite subject? Ooh, ouch. Um, that really was my favorite. <laughs> um, probably like a... One of my public policy classes, I had a few in grad school that were, I was like people management. It was like something on like a people management course in grad school was fascinating. Um, Billboard for the world to see. What would you have on it? Oh, man. Um, Run the jewels. What is it? Yeah. Um, yes. Oh, why? What, what Sorry, it's the run the jewels hey, hand, yes. hand gesture. It's my turn, Char Baby. What, what's the thing that you've learned the most about being a mom? Oh, um, so it's actually this phrase a friend actually just shared. And I was like, absolutely. Um, raising, it's uh, like the, the joy of raising dragon slayers in a time of dragons. So a lot of people now are like scared to have children. Like young people are like, oh, the world sucks right now. And so he, I, I think it's his own phrase. I don't know if he pulled it from somewhere else, 
Um, but I was like, shit. Yeah. Like that's like, it sucks when the world feels like it's on fire, but we have to add another minute. We're going to, yeah, we're going to have to add it. All right. <laughs> Let, just turn off the timer. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I say shit. You added that too. Yeah. I say yes to that. Yeah. That was great question. Great answer. Yeah. Next question. Does deodorant taste like it smells? No chance. Oh, it's not your question. No. I don't know. Yeah. I've never eaten best, deodorant. Best purchase under a hundred dollars over the last twelve months. Ooh. Oh, I was gonna say Nikes, but they're over a hundred. Um, under food, I don't know. That's food. <laughs> <laughs> we can go with the Nikes. Nikes, you. you they're about a hundred. Yeah. 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 They're what, fresh. What would be your like? Um, like what? What is it called? Like your death row meal or whatever? Your last supper. Yeah. Um, my last supper would probably be. Oh man, uh, halupki. It'd be cabbage rolls and yeah. and pierogi. Yeah, for sure. If you had to karaoke to one Britney Spears song, what would it be? Um. Oh no. Um. Oh shit, I can't think of just like... Just sing it, just sing it. No. <laughs> um, God, my mind is like gone just totally blank. I can only see music videos in my head. Like I can't like nail down a song. Which music video would you want to sing um, along to? What's the one with the snake? What, what is she singing when she has the snake? Oh. I'm a slave for you. Or slave for you, right? I would, I would sing that one, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Favorite CrossFit workout or movements? Um, actually, what we did yesterday, the like... Hang snatches, yeah, anything was, was like fun. a hang snatch, toes to bar, all go all day. Yeah. Boom. I think, I think that, I, I think that's the right Britney I think Spears song. What'd you yeah. say? I think that's the right Britney Spears song. I, I, I think there's so much yeah, about yeah, this yeah, podcast yeah. Okay. that I hope translates because there's a lot of it like breaking news. Like even in that moment, I'm like, oh, you know Britney Spears like, like music videos well enough to know. Okay. And then Luke is like, <laughs> Oh yeah, I know that one. It's this song. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening over here? Like, Britney's, who even knows about Britney Spears at all? Have you but the whole time has been like that for me. So I'm I'm talking gibberish because I am so thankful that you have come on the podcast. Yes. And I really, I know that I'm really excited to continue to get to know you better. Like, because if, if you could teach us this much in like an hour, like, I just, thank you. It's been awesome. And now that we know what your real name is... <laughs> Now we can actually be friends. Yes. I feel like Emily has made me a better person from just this podcast alone. Um, yeah. But also, quick side note that might be slightly inappropriate, but have you guys watched the interview? The one with... Yeah. Um, with Katy Perry? Yeah, yeah. The, the Katy Perry song. Yeah. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like no. the interview, James Franco. Yeah. That one movie. They go to North Korea. Yeah, they go to North Korea. No. There's basically a moment during that no, interview... Yeah, basically, he interviews people, and there's a moment during that interview where he's interviewing Eminem, and then like, and then like, apparently Eminem during this <laughs> breaks the news. <laughs> Watch the movie; you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, transitioning from <laughs> to the fact that we feel like we've got news broken to us in a very nice way. Does music come in? Do we have outro music? <laughs> yeah, I'm playing it right now. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Um, guys, thank you so much for watching. Uh, no, listening to this podcast. 
Um, again, we'll see you in two weeks. Peace out.